0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York Never compromise, drink responsibly
1: At the beginning of last year If I told you that Victor Moses started However many games he did you would be like, oh yeah, we finished ninth There's no way you would have thought that Victor Moses would have been good enough to To play for them No way
0: This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer staff around, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. On the other end of the microphone is the familiar voice of Andrew Laird, but I am returning from my hiatus. I am Mike Gottlieb. It is the Premier League version of the Rotowire Soccer Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Welcome back to the Premier League, Andrew.
1: Yeah, it seems like I was talking to somebody the other day that was like, "Didn't the season end like a week ago?" And I was like, "I actually feel like it." ended like a year ago like it seems like forever since it ended which is weird because like man I just love the offseason but but uh I don't know I'm I'm now we're now I believe uh 29 days away from the from the opener somewhere around there so yeah, we're I close think that's
2: the number that, I think that's the number Dominic Solanke is gonna wear for Liverpool oh. so you know I, I think we're that many days away okay okay uh but uh, it, it's it's good to be kind of back. I mean, we're not going to start weekly yet, probably until, you know, maybe August. Or the week is of, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah, like the week of, sure. Uh, but no, we do have a nice show for you planned today. We are going to talk about uh, probably the biggest news of the week for fantasy Premier League fans is that the official game opened up. Uh, their draft version will open up, I believe, next week. And we will also talk about uh, our best ball draft and we'll talk about – I'll briefly talk about the ranking summit even though it happened a little while ago. Um, just a lot to get to in a jam packed show. So let's, without further ado, uh, get started. Uh, there's too many, uh, social awkward moments for me to recount just for once on this podcast. So, uh, follow me on Twitter at sports by Gotti. That's sports by G O T T I, uh, for more socially awkward moments with which there are plenty. And of course, Andrew is at roto Andrew. All right. Let's start with uh, the biggest news of FPL opening up. I think we've both drafted teams. Uh, I'll start with my strategy first, Andrew, because I know our teams are slightly different. Um, mm-hmm. I used to be of the opinion you should never spend like more than the bare minimum for defenders and goalkeepers. I stuck pretty close to that, but I did have a few defenders that start with the number five. Mm. So, yeah, it. I know. Yeah, I've I've invested 1.5 million more in my defense than I usually do. Uh, it did not start with goalkeepers though, because I got two goalkeepers who I actually like this season: uh, Asmir Begovic at 4.5, going over to uh, Burnmouth this Burnham. season, and then uh, Carl Darlow, who. Depending on the rumors, may or may not be the starter for Newcastle, but as long as he is, I'm going to like him for the save numbers. Uh, I said it at the ranking summit, and it didn't get met with a ton of resistance, but I think Carl Darlow is the be- the most likely candidate to be a Tom Heaton-like presence this season.
1: I think that's reasonable. I mean, we're, you don't think Tom Heaton is this season's Tom Heaton?
2: No, I think Tom Heaton is going to be vastly overpriced. He's commonly looked at as the number one goalkeeper. And as much as I loved him last year, as much as I don't like him this season. I mean, you're you're going to be counting on the unprecedented uh, ability of Birdmouth to keep clean sheets at home or to, or to not allow a ton of goals but allow a ton of shots on goals at home. Uh, I'm not thinking that that's going to happen twice. You know, I think teams will adjust to turf more and say, oh, this is how you do
1: it. Mm. You confused me a little bit because you said Burnmouth, not Burnley. But Sorry, Burnley. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, it's... Heaton's at five five flat, which really isn't egregiously more than no, other it's guys. Not. But it's I see not. what you I, mean.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know what I'm saying. I, mean, I guess that's more for draft purposes, uh, that he is the number one ranked goalkeeper I think FPL did it right I think he should not be at the minimum but a little bit more than that if Mm -hmm. you want to I mean he did outperform everybody last season and he think he has something like 80 more points than the next best goalkeeper in Taga format so I mean it's 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 going to be something that's unprecedented happening twice in a row and I'm not gonna sign up for that
1: yeah no I get that I am I'm I'm all about that line of thinking that I feel like a lot of people see some sort of extraordinary performance and then all of a sudden think that's norm. And, uh, yeah, Heaton's season last year, particularly because this format is traditionally so clean sheet dependent and to have somebody who really didn't get that many of them, but because of these astronomical save numbers made up for it, that, uh, yeah, a repeat seems unlikely, especially since their defense is a little different this year.
2: Agreed. Uh, Asmir Begovic, on the other hand, people forgot – I think, because of his time at Chelsea and how insignificant he was, which I said as soon as Chelsea signed him that he'd be insignificant. But they forgot how good he was at Stoke.
1: Yes, he was pretty good.
2: So, I mean, it's not that Arthur Borch was incompetent. He isn't by any means, but he's not as Mirbegovic. So, Burnmouth have the ability to, one, play possession and actually keep the ball a little bit against bad teams. And they, you know, tactically speaking, Eddie Howe is pretty good at his job I mean he's going to be the next Arsenal manager at some point right Andrew (laughs) we'll see uh but Asmir Begovic I think is in line for a very good season this season uh I'm not going to say it's I'm not going to say he's going to be the number one goalkeeper or anything but I do think for 4.5 you can do a lot worse for sure for sure
1: and his name name
2: could be Carl Darlow (laughs)
1: um yeah it could be I think uh looking building my team I'm trying to go a little differently this year only because I just tended not to like I haven't been good at this game ever and a lot of it is because I give up because uh, I, the game just feels like way too restrictive like that you don't get points for a ton of things the, the bonus point system is like outrageously I don't even want to call it complicated because that makes it seem like something you can figure out like if anybody watches MLS, they have this Audi index, which is just like this random number they come up with about a player's ability, and that's what the Premier League bonus points feel like. Uh, somebody wrote, it, maybe it was on Fantasy Yerma, Somebody wrote about the bonus point system, and basically how sometimes it just truly makes no sense, like defenders on the losing team or when are getting bonus points when a defender on the winning team. I think there was it was an Ar- the second Arsenal uh, Chelsea match last year. Marcus Alonso scored, and he did not finish with bonus points, but Nacho Monreal did, even though Arsenal gave up three goals. It was like, it's one of those things like you're basically trying to plan for something that cannot be planned for. So, but anyway, uh, I am trying to take more of a longer approach with building my team this year. And Newcastle was easily a team that, that came to mind, although they start at Spurs, which is always a tough one, but they do have kind of a relatively easy uh, early schedule. So the Darlow, call could be could pay dividends like right away well starting in game week two at least could like really pay off uh for you so i like that call and a few of i mean you could even look at some newcastle defenders to to uh kind of yep, double I up on that
2: yeah i do have one of those too uh so we will, we, i'm pretty sure we actually both have him but we'll let, let but i mean as far as your goalkeepers who did you select
1: uh i, I took Darlow as well although i i mostly started with um with ben foster because West Brom has a fairly easy early schedule. Um, they play home against Burnmouth and then they're at Burnley and home against Stoke in their first three. Um, oh, sorry. And then they play at Brighton. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, if I can uh, kind of play those two together, that's basically what I, what I tried to do. I've, uh, there are some, a number of great articles out that we don't have on our own website. Cause we just, uh, we don't do a ton of FPL coverage, but uh, essentially the strategy of picking, Uh, alternate goalkeepers meaning you you know you can find teams that kind of match up right home keepers you know one's away one's home one's away each week and uh you know over the first six weeks or so you can find kind of a good um good combination of of uh keepers i think crystal palace is another one that that lines up well with um with newcastle so and they also,
2: yeah, they tend to keep those regional too. So it used to be that Sunderland and Newcastle right. were rarely ever home the same week. Uh, same when, you know, Villa, uh, Aston Villa and let's say West Brom were, were in the league together. I mean, they tend to keep it pretty regionally based. Um, and typically it's something like, you know, Arsenal and, and Tottenham uh, that wouldn't be, you know, home at the same time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so you can certainly look at it that way, although... Obviously, with this kind of strategy, you're hoping to have two starting keepers on your team, which means uh, you're likely not going to spend up for Hugo Lloris and Peter Jack, you know, as an example. But uh, So I kind of been, been went on that route of trying to figure out at least to work from my goalkeeper and defenders who kind of have some early good um, alternating options for the first few weeks, which is clearly a strategy that requires a lot of work, which is uh, not really what I want to do. Yeah, I mean, and going back to Tom Heaton, I'd like three or four
2: different goalkeepers at the same price, better than Heaton.
0: Oh because, yeah, at, I mean, at the
2: same price as Heaton, you have guys like Jordan Pickford at Everton now, yep. uh, which I think is a great transfer in. I still believe in Casper Schmeichel, especially if uh, the rumors are true that De Gea is trying to force his move out of United, which means that they would definitely target Schmeichel uh, I guess. For, for the second generation Schmeichel. That, that one, I'm saying I like that one the most if it happens That's a really far-fetched idea though People forget how good Fraser Forrester used to be I'm not sure if he'll ever return to there But someone who definitely was really good last season Was Jack Butlin yep. Who was also at five flat for Stokes So I mean there's there's just other goalkeepers with better You know better brands than Tom Heaton. Even <laughs> though I love Tom Heaton, But still not the same brand
1: Yep yep I mean the uh, Fraser Forrester was the highest scoring uh, Goalkeeper last year Who was priced the same or less than Heaton I mean, it's only 15 points that he finished behind. Like Heaton, I think, slowed down towards the end of the season. But it's one of those things that, again, you're you're going to spend. like You could spend five five for Peter Check, who scored 134 points last year, or five flat for Forster, who scored 130, or four for Boric last year, 120. Could be Begovic this year and, and score even more. So, uh, you know, it's not like it's not like you can just pick any goalkeeper, but you certainly don't need to think about this as much as spending you 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 can think enough of where do i not spend up and that's it i think you should spend much less time than what we've talked about goalkeepers (laughs) all right i think they're a little more important than that but um but yes we've spoken quite a bit about it Mm -hmm. all right let's move on to defenders
2: this is actually a place where i've given a lot of thought this season because i usually don't invest anything but I've invested in three places, which I consider an investment because they're at five flat. OK, so I, I think Cedric priced at five flat will be one of the most highly owned defenders mm-hmm. uh, just because he's an offensive threat. And Southampton, it's a Southampton defender, which isn't terrible, but it's not great. Uh, for for for, uh, for clean sheet purposes. Uh, another one is Nathan Ake. I happened to love him when he was on Chelsea. I still like him on Burmouth because he was very valuable on Burmouth when he was playing Burmouth last season. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I think Marco Silva is going to do a great job defensively at Watford. And Daryl Yonmot at five flat to me is a tremendous value.
1: Okay. Hmm.
2: So, I mean, those are the three that I invested in. And then I have a four or five Jeff Cameron and a four or five DeAndre Yedlin keeping it. Now, uh, keeping it usa at, at, <laughs> on the bench <laughs> but for week one i actually have uh i believe that i have um i believe i have Jan Mott, one of them on the bench because of the matchup i just forgot who um
1: yes it's probably yanma uh i yeah, sp- I, think,
2: I, think, I think he's at spurs something like that
1: uh he uh i don't know i i had it just a second ago and anyway i i spent much more than you did not that I spent that much, but um, it's new or yeah. at Spurs. Home, yeah, uh, so that's Watford's why you're not home. Gedlin.
2: Yeah, exactly, and yeah, that's the reason. Right, uh, and home to Liverpool. Liverpool. Liverpool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I agree with you on Cedric um, that that's just very cheap for a Southampton defender, uh, let alone one who attacks as much as he did, does. The um, Southampton have a really, really favorable early schedule um, enough that not I own night not only had Cedric I also have Ryan Bertrand um, they play three of their first four at home and it's Swansea West Ham at Huddersfield and home against Watford and it's like I see no reason I actually had Fraser Forster in my team at first and eventually moved him down to Ben Foster just because I wanted to spend some somewhere else but uh, I, I actually kind of went with a double stack with my defense uh, Because I have Bertrand and Cedric And then West Brom also has an, a fairly easy early schedule They're home against Burnmouth to start So I went with Michael Dawson and Johnny Evans uh, Which gross. some people can consider a triple Because I have Ben Foster as well um, But, I mean, it's gross But for a format that, that looks at clean sheets so much I mean, Tony well, Pulis tends to get I'm- a few of those
2: Especially when they don't have 40 points yet, which is impossible at this stage of the game. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and, uh, I also well, spent... I'm, su- I'm surprised you didn't go Gareth McCauley then.
1: Uh, McCauley's a little banged up, and I think he's actually a little more expensive because he uh, he had a few goals last year, which for a defender is, you know, they're, they're so, it's why Nathan Ake was such a good fantasy option last year. It was these goals. It wasn't that Burnmouth was this, like, defensive force. But, um, yeah, McCauley, um, actually he was the same price. So maybe it was just the little... Uh, alert thing that worried me, but uh, I also spent five five on Nathaniel Klein, oh, just wanting yes. some of the the Liverpool, um, yeah, the Liverpool defense because uh, they start Watford and Crystal Palace. Which um, for somebody like Klein, he, who was one of the higher scoring defenders last year, it seems worth it. All. And it was more that the five five, like the the half a point, didn't get me anything anywhere else. So it's it was kind of like if I can if I have five five, I might as well just use it on somebody that. I theoretically could play any time there at home.
2: I, I I cannot tell you how much I do not like <laughs> the the Nathaniel Klein pick. Okay. How much how much did Klein cost? Five five? Five five, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna take Kieran Trippier every day.
1: At um, the same price. Yeah, that's probably true. I although, mean every, yeah.
2: every day of the week and twice on Saturday.
1: Okay. Well, we were talking about how great of a season James Milner had last year and although I guess he was a midfielder. I was going to say he scored only 10 more points than Nathaniel Klein last year and Milner costs a full point more. I hate calling it millions, but that's what it yep. is.
2: Yep. Anyway, it's for me, it, it, especially now that the transfer of Kyle Walker is official, Kieran Trippier will be one of the top owned defenders. It's the bare, it's the bare minimum entry price for a, uh, for a Tottenham defender for one, which is valuable. But secondly, he he's, a very good crosser of the ball.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He provides excellent width for a team
1: that uses it. Yeah, we, we've we've talked about him, I mean, quite a bit over the last few years, um, back to when he was at Burnley, but it's it's always because of his attacking potential, and he's never really been known as a great defender. And I'm kind of curious what your thoughts were in terms of the Spurs' defense because he's going to be playing all the time. Does he need to be an excellent
2: defender in that system? I don't think so. I'm, I'm, mean, uh, especially to be excellent.
1: If they're any worse, I mean, uh, any goals they allow hurt his fantasy value.
2: If they are, if they're a little worse than last year, he'll still be excellent. Mm hmm.
1: Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean, yep. like
2: it doesn't. It, it's not like he has to be a stellar defender, especially if they don't sell Eric Dyer to Man United. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, they have the great equalizer for their width in terms of their holding midfielders because one of them is a defender, and Musa Dembele is an excellent athlete.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, they and Victor Wanyama could be. Wanyama has been great too. Yeah, I mean, they have the depth at the position that is used to cover for the for the for the wide defenders to, to go up the pitch. I mean, they, they have the system in place and they also have the, the talent there to support it, which is why they were so competitive last season.
1: Do you think there's any possibility Spurs bring in another right back? I bring this up because like two weeks ago when the Kyle Walker to man city uh, whispers were getting louder. Um, one of our Taga mates, Kevin DeVries, kind of mentioned a number of right-backs that Spurs either should go after or were linked to. And one of them was Cedric. And I was wondering what your thoughts were if that happens. I mean, you have to, like, love Cedric even more. But then Trippier is just dead. Full-out revolt. <laughs>
2: uh, it's, it's not an upgrade, is what I That's would say. ridiculous.
1: It's not. Come on.
2: It's it, I'm telling you, you know, I, we had this argument last season about Nathaniel Klein and Kieran Trippier and that when Kieran Trippier played every day for Burnley, he was a higher rated who scored defender than Nathaniel Klein has ever been.
1: Yeah, I think you're I think you're confusing fantasy with real life. And frankly, I think Cedric is a better fantasy option than Trippier is on Spurs. He'd, everything I, that Trippier does, Cedric you know, does better.
2: I, you know what I was going to say? We can we could take we can take one of them, each of them in our best ball formats, and then we'll put our money where our mouth is. But you were a jerk and took Trippier two picks before me.
1: Well, you can still take Cedric. He's no, still but
2: there. that's not no no, but that's not putting my money <laughs> putting my money where my mouth is. I'm taking the other side. Okay. If I say that, right. that that doesn't make any sense.
1: I don't think the deal happens anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I think trippier has fantastic upside but uh i feel like it's one of those he he's he'll be one of those guys who finishes in the top 10 defenders thanks to like six great games and you'll have 32 that weren't like i i basically made that point last or part of this which this article i never wrote about why i would never take harry kane first overall in the taga league specifically in taga it doesn't actually work as much with FPL because FPL is I was
2: just I was just about to say you're talking you're talking two different formats yeah. ones week to week and the other one right.
1: is a rotisserie style right where all the points
2: count no matter when yep. you get them
1: yeah well my argument was specifically for a draft week to week and with Harry Kane like he won the golden boot he scored 29 goals he scored in 16 games last year like that's not that's not enough out of I mean, how many games did he play 30 oh right it, oh half. exactly
2: but but that's more than half
1: sure what you're looking for but, is one every other game but everyone's talking about like tw- but you're but people are talking about 29 goals last year and they're like oh it's only in 30 games but you're they're, they're looking at it as if he can score like 36 now because well he's going to play a whole season because of course he'll be healthy I, that's like, but that no first of all I,
2: don't, I think you're i think you're exaggerating for effect there I obviously but, i absolutely yeah. am
1: yeah it, but, but even matching last season's total would be an, an incredible back-to-back years we, had we, three we will back-to-back we
2: back i promise you we will get to harry kane let's right. stick to defenders while we're here yeah
1: okay so,
2: yeah, is there was, was there was there someone besides for cedric that you absolutely have to have at that price
1: no there's no okay. defender i ever have to have well, unless well, it's, I, I, I mean i can't think of who only because any any defender you think of uh is going to be expensive like
2: Trippier, Trippier is the one exception. Like I would ve- very, much contemplate before the season starts if they don't trans- if they don't get any other right back. That's a contender for starting time. I would consider going with Trippier.
1: Sure. I mean, but that yes, I mean, that's
2: because as especially today, because yes. I have it especially because yesterday. I have the the half million to go. Yeah. So I could I could replace Ake with Trippier, and I think that would be a gigantic upgrade.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: All right. And that's me trying to say that you should get someone who's like the fourth or fifth highest priced defender in the group in, in the groups of defenders.
1: So um, that's like mid priced because <laughs> there's only like eight tiers right. of price. There's like four tiers or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I mean, he'll. I, I think he'll less be so popular because of how you feel like he how good he is and more because he's the cheapest starting defender on Spurs. That's fine. Either yeah. one is a good justification. Sure, sure. I also think that he will
2: – I mean, I happen to think that they will not miss a thing offensively because Kyle Walker suffers a little bit from Yannick Belasi syndrome where that he runs really fast and he kicks the ball really hard, but you don't know where it's going. Mm. Uh, but he uh, – but be deaf, but uh, Trippier is at times devastatingly accurate on crosses.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And at times it's just really good.
3: Yeah. Well, I think like,
2: he he's has... not he's not guilty. like, don't get me wrong, but for a, he doesn't have to be. He's a defender. He's very good at crossing from wide positions, which I think he'll have plenty of space in this season.
1: Yeah, especially at Wembley, where their field is actually built bigger than it is at White Hart Lane. But the I think I saw that he had five assists last year, which was the most of any defend, defender. He already he tied with Kyle Walker, but I'm pretty sure two, if not three, of them came came in one game. Like I think he two of his crosses I think he had a two cross two assist game to both to Harry Kane late in the season obviously late because he didn't really get any starts until late in the season but I don't know it's one of those that like everyone's like well they obviously like chose Trippier over Kyle Walker and it's like well they chose 50 million pounds nobody says no to that
2: yeah they they chose 50 million pounds for a position that's not uh, I mean, at least for for Tottenham, they can reinvest that elsewhere to get right. more value. Right.
1: Hopefully, with guys like Roberto Soldado and Vincent Janssen.
2: For you, yes. For me, yes, and for and for the rest of the FPL world, if they get a guy like Sigurdsson, a back, which you he's not going back. No, I he's, he's I, he is absolutely worthless I, I, there. Yeah, I, I strong I strongly doubt that. I'm saying a guy of his ilk. I'm not no. saying him specifically. I was just
1: saying, like, even if they got him, he's worthless there. But um, no, I don't I don't think they need anybody. Like who who theoretically would be going there that you're taking I mean, over Delhi Alley, Christian Eriksen or Kane? No, no, no. no. I'm not saying. Uh,
2: yeah, I, what I'm saying is to add depth because they have Champions League again and yeah. they, they need the depth. But they could also do with the second striker because Vincent Jansen, aforementioned, is awful. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm. I don't. I don't know how much they really need. I mean, they played Delhi Alley pretty high up last year. That and. Yeah. Kane seemed to do pretty well by himself yep, up there. So that
2: would be that would be a team that could do for Fernando Llorente.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, not for fifty million, clearly. Yeah. But it's just what I'm saying is they could use that money, like keep that money to do what they will with and also still have Kieran Trippier, which is right. a great thing. Yeah. Alright. Uh man, I'm so jacked up. I have so much to talk about, but we'll try to keep it short. So let's go because we have other things to get to. So let's go to the midfield here. I was surprisingly tame in my midfield. I didn't go too high. I didn't go too low either. I am almost positive knowing you that as soon as Ruben Loftus-Cheek was loaned to Crystal Palace, you put him right in your lineup because he's 4.5.
1: Easiest decision the entire year. Yeah, I didn't do it. Uh, So (laughs) he's probably not even going to play. Like that's the thing is it was less that he was going to be great and more that like, maybe he would play and four and a half is like, it's better to have something if you have a injury or somebody doesn't make the lineup and you have to have a sub in. It's nice to have something at four and a half than literally nothing.
2: Yeah. So for me, I went with the, I don't care if all five of them start every week route. Mm-hmm. So well, you could I, start all five. Yeah. You know But you know, you know what I mean? Like if, it, if, it, if, it, if, it turns out that due to positions that I have to take all my midfielders for a strange reason, fine. You know that's the position where I think it's safest for me okay now I have Christian Ericsson at 9.5 Philippe Coutinho at nine flat, mm. Sigurdsson at eight four wow. eight, eight uh, sorry 8.5 uh Silva at eight flat and Wilfred Saha at seven flat wow wow just balance
1: yeah sure is huh um what are your thoughts on Sigurdsson at Everton
2: it uh, depends on uh, Ross Barkley, but I do believe that Ross Barkley and Ronald Koeman are successfully not getting along enough that Sigurdsson would just take his place.
1: Um, even if I mean, th- they're not going to they're not going to pay fifty million to not play him. But like, even if Barkley plays, Barkley's not taking any set pieces. So. Bingo! Yeah,
2: <laughs> you you hit the nail right on the head. And you also could see Sigurdsson take penalties, but Lukaku not there.
1: Uh, right. Um, yeah, those are, uh, although Bain, I bet Baines gets the first
2: no. shot. No, um, no, no, <laughs> Why not to do that is a mistake? No, the, I am still of the opinion that Leighton Baines is too old for his
1: position in that system. But we're it talking should, about penalties.
2: What I'm saying is he shouldn't be even be on the pitch. Oh, well, is my, is... okay.
1: Whether he should be or shouldn't be, he will be.
2: Mason Holgate is a better defender.
1: He'll be on the other side.
2: Uh, for Seamus Coleman briefly, yes. Oh, when Seamus Coleman know, comes back from injury, I was gonna say
1: I'm not sure it's brief. Coleman's not coming back anytime soon.
2: Yeah.
1: It, so Fair. the reason why I wanted to bring up Sigurdsson is, and it was kind of a point I made with Lukaku, in that Everton's beginning schedule is so unbelievably brutal that Lukaku is literally like a total stay away, fantasy wise, because of this early schedule. And yet, you mean you mean Manchester
2: United's Lukaku?
1: No. No, no, when he was on Everton, I'm saying oh, you would, okay. you'd stay away from him. The move to Manchester United made him an immediate play. On the flip side, Gilfie Sigurdsson is like a decent option now, starting with Swansea. But if he goes to Everton, there's no way you can play him the first six weeks of the season.
2: I would feel totally comfortable.
1: He's literally at Man City, at Chelsea, home against Spurs, at Man United. Like you're you're wasting salary cap on a guy who's yeah. that expensive in those matchups.
2: I mean, I see your point but he's been facing that his entire career. Okay. And he's and he's, he's not, he's not doing it against and those
1: teams. That's the problem. Remember this format is totally goal and assist dependent. And these ridiculous bonus points that we don't even know what they come from. <laughs> but getting 14 crosses which won't happen playing against Chelsea, like that that doesn't help you in this format. And that's what that's what worries me about this move to to Everton. On the flip side, uh, if you they look at who's left from Swansea, who has a decent schedule early on. Who takes set pieces when he leaves? As crazy as it sounds, I think it might be Tom Carroll, who is also 4.5. 4.
2: Just gross. I know.
1: I know. Uh, Let's—I
2: want to test your theory here for a bit. The other 8.5 midfielders are Riyad Mahrez. Yep. Would you like him better than a Everton— Sigurdsson. Yes, for the first six weeks, I would. Uh, Leroy Sané. Um, maybe. And that's it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then you get that when you drop down to eight, you get to guys like yeah, Raheem Pedro Sterling, and then, yeah. uh, Pedro, and, and you know Bernardo Silva, who I think is going to get the Sané treatment from last season. Right. He won't start at first, but he'll
1: ease him in. Yep, I agree with that.
2: Uh, but then you get to guys like Mikatarian who would be intriguing, but not. You have to see yeah. him play. Yep, uh, it, it's such a curse. He's so talented, but it, it, I would actually even potentially consider Pogba at eight flat. But mm-hmm. even still, that's risky because the one thing he did, the two things he didn't do last season, was uh, score goals yeah. and get assists. Yep. Now, one option that would be intriguing with or without in would be Davy Klaassen
1: at Maybe. Everton. Yeah, I mean,
2: that's another guy, by the way, who would take set pieces potentially.
1: If. Sigurdsson doesn't come correct right yeah I mean I I think I, I would have Malrez significantly ahead of Sigurdsson yeah. based on this yeah. schedule
2: another th- another thing to point out for me uh, you have to take a lookout for the Eden Hazard injury that he suffered before the summer is and on
1: <laughs> yeah bingo on mm-hmm.
2: at seven flat yeah you nailed it. you nailed it because one thing he does do is get goals and assists mm. and he can take free kicks
1: he won't though. If Fabregas starts. Yeah, it's ridiculous that Fabregas is still even on the team.
2: Well, if they get Bakayoko, where is where where would Fabregas play? As the number ten? Ugh, because he's not fast enough for that position. They learned that last season. Yeah, I
1: don't know.
2: Just you know, it doesn't exactly fit. Would be.
1: It's all matchup. I mean, obviously, Fabregas isn't going to start thirty eight times, so. You know you'll have bakioko and obviously yeah, Matic but, will be gone but...
2: but but back to my original point that 8.5 salary zone you know outside of David Silva at 8 who I think is a steal at 8
1: mm-hmm. because
2: uh, when he is healthy the ball runs through him
1: yeah but you don't get points for ball running
2: uh, yeah, fine he has the opportunity to create the most <laughs> amount of assists because he has the ball
1: oh, it's De Bruyne I mean De Bruyne still has
2: they both, well they both do is my they both do but I actually do think that it's more Silva when he's healthy
1: at least from what I saw last season. Yeah, I mean they they mixed it up a little bit, but
2: well, I, I mean I remember we were saying that it was like a down year for De Bruyne. He had like
1: 18 assists, something like that, something yeah. crazy. Tw- 21 fantasy assists.
2: Yeah, it just it just something absurd, that's right? Nuts, that yeah. that's yeah. So I mean, I, I at the ranking summit, people were not too high on De Bruyne for some reason. Uh, they just didn't like him, and a lot of it was the fear of David Silva taking the touches and. I was,
1: was outrageous by the way. I, I'm glad I wasn't I, there for that.
2: Well, I mean, I, I basically said if he was a forward, I would take him like first three De Bruyne, but he's not. So if I'm in the first three or four picks, because the, because the forward position is so top heavy, you have to
1: mm-hmm. take,
2: you don't have to take a forward, but you should.
1: Yeah. I could have taken him in our best ball league and passed on him, but he went right after me. Yeah. It,
2: we, we'll, we'll talk more about that yeah. in, in a the, bit.
1: The, the thing that, that makes me more comfortable about De Bruyne is that every player that Pep has brought in does not play De Bruyne's position, whereas he's got so many interchangeable pieces uh, on the wings and up front, and David Silva's really the only one who can do some of the things that De Bruyne does, and David Silva doesn't play full seasons. Like this is just, not, not recently. Yeah. It's not going to change anytime soon. He's not getting younger he he does not he does not suffer from benjamin button disorder right right so like de bruyne feels like one of the the safest players in this lineup even though people try to talk about, yeah. oh i don't know if pep really likes him and he played a little further back last year which is why Silva played well but like 21 assists in the fantasy premier league game <laughs> and he, you know, he also also bad hit a ton year. of posts and he also hit a ton of posts right he did that's right he led the league in in hitting the woodwork
3: yeah
2: uh, it was it, I remember could you have had him that, re, that, like, like, That's literally the
1: one side. of the biggest seasons ever
2: Yeah, I, I remember one of the one of the biggest posts that he hit was against Chelsea when they were about to go up to, yep. He would have put uh, City up 2-0 yeah, yeah, that game would have been over and then Chelsea scored on the resulting counter-attack after he hit the post and yeah. then took the lead later on It's just <laughs> like that could have been a very different You know scenario just in terms of the season and in ter- definitely in terms of that game. Yeah now Let's focus on this season, though. Uh, your midfielders outside of Loftus-Cheek at 4.5. Um,
1: I have De Bruyne. Um, I, and then I kind of basically just call. went with fillers because I, I just didn't feel great about... I don't know how I feel about the, the the midfielders yet. And I basically paid up a little bit at forward. But I ended up with Pogba at 8. Um, I took Andrus Townsend De uh, 10 flat. He's okay. the third most okay. expensive. Yep. Um, Pogba at 8. Andrews Townsend at six and Matt Ritchie at six. And I basically think I'll probably play a four, three, three. And because of that, like the Townsend and Loftus cheek are, are totally replaceable to me. And I'll, there's no way I'll have both of them by the time the season starts. And if I find somebody cheaper, I'll probably upgrade Pogba, but um, you won't
2: find someone cheaper than Loftus cheek.
1: Well, not Loftus cheek. No Townsend. I'll certainly can. I just, I'd like to see how that team goes, but uh, I want to go back to your team for a minute, because uh, at the same price as Christian Eriksen, there's Sadio Mane, who has been your boy for years. And yep. I'm surprised that he's not in your team. Uh,
2: two things. It, uh, you know, Mo Salah doesn't bother me in terms of Mane's potential touches and all that. Totally agree with that. But Nagby Keita does, if that happens. I'm or, not saying that I'm I, I'm anti-Sadio Mane because I'm not. I love Sadio Mane, especially in that system. Uh, I do want to see him on the pitch first, for one. Yeah. Uh, coming back from injury, uh, especially because of the type of injury it was yes. and the type of player that he is, depending on speed. Right. Even um, though you're
1: so optimistic about Yannick Belasi coming back, and <laughs> but Sadio Mane's lesser so, injury.
2: Hold on! Hold on! I'll spoil it. I'll spoil it uh, a little bit later. I will ask the audience to select one of my, my last keeper for the EFSA league that we're in. Uh, and one of the options, when I say that I'm so optimistic, I'm wondering if I should keep Yannick Belasi at a dollar. <laughs> that's that's my level of optimism. One dollar.
1: No, it's not one dollar. It's a spot. It's a keeper spot.
2: Oh, then that, that I'm going to take... We'll, we'll discuss that later all right Okay. stay okay. tuned but anyway stay tuned so yeah my level of optimism is not exactly through the roof
1: why does kada why does kada affect what you think of, of sadio mane oh ju- uh, have you seen kada play yeah i mean but he they're not going to be next anywhere near each other on the field like kada will play in that line with winaldom and there's only and one and ball Emery man Chan. there's only one ball yeah but mane's not a ball hog like he doesn't his touches I, aren't nearly high enough to. I'm just, unless
2: you think they're gonna, you know, increase the total number of goals from last season and keep the same percentages of distribution.
1: Which I do. I, I actually think Lalana is the one who gets hurt the most, and
2: he oh, had seven goals and seven assists. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. I think Lalana, what's the one that hurts the most? Because he will be on the bench. Yeah. But I don't think that Sadio Mane's numbers will improve from his pace last season with Keda and hmm. Salah both on the team. Okay. Uh. You, it's just it's a distribution thing. It's not a talent thing. It's not a fit. It's every. It's just everything else. Okay.
1: Okay. So of the Mane Coutinho, oh, you have Coutinho, right? I have Coutinho. Okay.
2: No one, but you're you're a KDB theory. No one does what he does.
1: So you have you chose Coutinho over Salah. Oh yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. I'm not sure if Salah starts.
1: Oh, the, oh, he absolutely does.
2: You think Lilana goes to the bench? Yeah, yeah, yep, no doubt. Solid. I mean, what 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 he, what drove him away from Chelsea wasn't his talent, it wasn't his production, even it was his attitude, and it was his, um, we'll put it this way, lackadaisical efforts.
1: Mm. Had that work? Had that, that work for Eden Hazard?
2: Yeah, I know. All right, I'm not saying it's a perfect system. It's not. Look at Patrick Bamford; it kind of worked there for Palace. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, we could go back and forth on when that works, when it doesn't. But my my overall assessment with fit here is that if Salah doesn't have the wherewithal to track back as much as he tracks forward, he will be on the bench permanently. Um, because we saw what happened with Liverpool last season when their midfielders didn't help that defense.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're. You're looking at Chelsea Salah, not Roma Salah. I just his, his over/under for goals this year is 14 and a half, which is yeah, really I'll, high. I'll take the under every day of the week. Well, of course you would, but that's a high number. That's a, like an expected high number. It's a high, it's a high number for anybody, right? But let, let alone a midfielder who could suffer from rotation. I'm I'm much more optimistic on him than than you are. Uh, Specifically in on, terms of playing time.
2: I was about to say, he will be on your teams, and he will not be on mine. Yeah, he, he is on be, my team. He is on my best he, buddy. Yeah. He's on my OPP list, right, other test. people's problem. Okay.
1: Okay. Do you think they now, score the most goals this year? Liverpool? Yeah. Nah, City. Okay. And I don't think it's close.
2: Okay. Uh, I, I, I think City are going to outscore the rest of the league by, like, 10. Okay. Minimum. I mean, Bernardo Silva is he's pretty good and he won't even play mm-hmm. for the first half of the season mm-hmm. they have so much depth and let's just say
1: even lot of attacking depth that's going to be their problem
2: yeah well i'm not they don't have, i'm not saying they're going to win one nil yeah i'm saying they're going to win like four two okay that's and those are fun games to watch yes just you know th- those are the games you want to see not yep. the chelsea one nil two one affairs <laughs> Yeah. They, they, I, from a neutral perspective, you definitely want to see city, play. you do not want to see Chelsea play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. From midfielders. I think we have now, you know, I'll ask you the same question. Was there a midfielder that was a no brainer for you?
1: Um, not to
2: me, to me. The answer was no.
1: Yeah, no, there wasn't, uh, I think, Alexis I Sanchez is so expensive. Yeah, too much. And while he was awesome last year, uh, it, it, yeah it, it felt like every at every tier there was oh I, oh I could always take this guy or oh I really like him and like oh but this guy's the same price like just what we're saying Coutinho and Salah um, Sigurdsson Sané Mahrez those are all like really yeah. equal Erickson Mane and Dele Alley, like in that upper tier uh, there were a ton of guys that I really liked and
0: yeah. understandably I, I, the I, lower I, you
1: went the less I liked guys and so but there's yeah they jumped out of me. I, I'm sure plenty of people will go, uh, you know, try to grab some of these um, some of the promoted players. Aaron Mui, or um, Moy, Moy, and, who led? Who, who led? I think,
2: yeah, I think he led the team in both tackles and goals. Yeah,
1: something like that. And, and um, he also
2: and he also Manchester City great piece of business here. Yeah. They bought Melbourne FC for six million pounds, and then they sold. Uh, Aaron Moy, who was a part of that team for eight million pounds, <laughs>
1: so he's
2: worth literally more than the team more he played team, for. Yeah.
1: Uh, Basically, I mean, we've been admirers of Matt Ritchie for a while, and he's six flat. But, uh, I I go back and forth on what Newcastle is going to do this year, so the expectation that he'll be a great fantasy option isn't really there. And then, um, I don't know. The I think so,
2: nobody jumped out. No. So my thoughts on Matt Ritchie, and this is this came up during the ranking summit. Uh, I told them that he's likely going to be on a lot of my teams because I'm very comfortable in a Taga format drafting him in like the fourth or fifth round mm-hmm. in a 10, 12 team league. Right. Like, no problem. Sure. Uh, and the reason being is because there are so few midfielders where the ball is going to go through him. There's really not a ton of options unless you think John Joe Shelby I was gonna is John going
1: to say John Joe Shelvy's not one to shy away from the ball, though.
2: No, but he can also ping passes out to the mm-hmm. to wit, and that's where Matt Ritchie does his business, and also set pieces. He takes all of them.
1: Did you? Well, it doesn't take all of them. I think doesn't Shelby take a few? Like the really long distance ones that could be
2: shots, <laughs> but like no, like the the ones that count, the ones that result in chances created. Yeah. that's a Matt Ritchie
1: set piece. Yeah, Ritchie was a one, two, three, four, yeah, fifth rounder for us in this best ball league.
2: Yeah, taking in the round that I was gonna likely take him, but I took Marata instead. Yep. Just, just because I like to gamble, and at the time it seemed like a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as an example, in the ranking summit, we did a fantasy drill. when we did a mock draft. There, I took Marata in the second.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Just you know, I I, I like Marata a lot, but in best ball, I couldn't gamble as much than just a mock draft. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is uh, funny because
1: well, I guess in a, yeah.
2: Well, my my strategy for the midfield, just for you know for the listeners is that i tried to keep all of my players in a range where they can be flexible because the position is not as valuable in fpl as in other formats so i did want to see if i could play matchups try to use you know the free transfers every other week to you know really help out in the midfield Mm -hmm. you know just in case you know i was slipping somewhere
3: Mm
2: -hmm. because i'm pretty sure i'm not going to change my defense much barring injury uh, and the same for my forwards, who we should transition to now. Yeah, who you got? Uh, I have Gabby Jesus at ten and a half. Mm-hmm. I have Roberto Firmino, who I think will be one of the most top-owned forwards at eight and a half. And I have Tammy Abraham at five and a half. Ooh, uh, he scores goals, man. And he's and Fernando Urente broke his arm. And so, last I checked,
1: you use your feet in this game.
2: Yeah, you had to swing your arms to run. <laughs>
1: um. I agree with you completely on Firmino. It, it seems like such an egregious price. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you look at it versus his other teammates, um, Mane nine five, Coutinho nine zero, Salah nine flat, and you're like, well, maybe he. Although I think he should be probably, I, th- I think all four of them should be the same. But the fact that he's a forward, um, people are like, well, that's just you know, he doesn't get the the clean sheet points now, and, but. Eight and a half for a forward of his quality is, is absurd. Yeah, I also because, have
3: because,
2: because when you think of Liverpool, you think clean sheet points.
1: Well, I mean, they got them last year, so it's not not like it was nothing. Occasionally, um, yeah. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, I totally agree. Is at ten five when you have to pay is Aguero eleven five or is he? Uh, yeah, he might be eleven five. Like it, it, I struggle to see where where you are are worth. You are going to get paid for your. Uh, gamble of taking Agüero instead of Jesus. Um, so while you spent up in the midfield, uh, I com- I uh, joined those two with Romelu Lukaku at eleven five. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: that, that's not a bad option. <laughs>
3: uh,
2: so uh, he, uh, just to go back to Firmino, players at similar price ranges, Olivier Giroud, right? Who knows where he'll be, mm-hmm. and if so, is he is he worth it?
1: Um, I probably would not take him over Firmino you know, now. No, even if he's at a team like West Ham. I was thinking Everton, but sure. Although sure, it sounds Everton, like he's going to France,
3: but.
2: Yeah, yeah, about to say that. Or Barca, which doesn't qualify. Right. Uh, Mechi Batuai, unlikely to start. <laughs> I don't Who is going to start why?
1: if Costa leaves?
2: They're, whoever they bring in.
1: Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> Someone not on team yet. Okay. Uh, whether it's Obama Yang or Balati or Marata, one of those 3 Mm-hmm. That's that would be, if I had to guess, that would have been it. Okay. Uh, Jamie Vardy, eight and a half. No way. Exactly. Uh, actually, who, let me non sequitur. No matter what the prices are, who do you like better, Vardy or Ianacha
1: at Leicester? Oh, it's funny you said that. I was talking about this earlier today. I, it's definitely still Vardy. I, okay. I Iannata is one of those that like. I gotta see him on another team because his his stats right now are so team dependent. Like everyone's like, well, he has this great like conversion rate, blah blah blah, and it's like he has like David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne setting him up. And when you go from that to uh you know, Lanzini at West Ham or Possibly Mares or Demerai Like Mark Albright and like those guys Are not setting up the same way and so um, I like him a lot more at West Ham Than I do at Leicester Unfortunately he's at Leicester Well he's not there yet Oh he's All signs point to him being at Leicester Well I mean the signs were pointing to West Ham like Three days ago so now it's two days And we're at Leicester but anyway Did he even start at Leicester? He starts up front With Vardy? They always play two up front I don't see why he wouldn't but they, I mean, is he better than Islam Slomani, who's also doesn't oh, start?
2: Oh, no. first of all, they would they would get rid of Slomani well, if they get Iannata. Right. that, that but, is that is definitely the plan.
1: But my point is that Slomani didn't even start. So why do yeah, you think he's not the same player? I mean, he's much closer to Iannata. Iannata is much closer to Slomani than he is Okazaki. Oh, but <laughs> yeah, but I but mean, I there's a Okazaki, talent, I think there's a talent gap is, there too, though. But Okazaki, I believe, starts over ianacho because of how well or how well they think he plays with vardy that's if
2: that if that's the case then they deserve
1: whatever's coming to them lester <laughs> D- period we haven't seen ianacho play in a two two striker set yet he was always by himself maybe had one game with aguero yeah
2: he, yeah he was yeah he was always by himself with david silva with kevin de bruyne with, you know what I'm <laughs> saying. If
1: he was the only he was the only guy up there
2: fine you could say that but he had so much he had such a supporting cast that is that
1: really that's my issue? point but that, that's my whole point he doesn't he's not going to get that at west ham or leicester it's, uh, it's closer with west ham i think
2: that's fine i, I think we're are we splitting hairs and that both are not significantly important sure okay uh one thing i wanted to mention from the ranking summit is that josh king was a darling of the of the ranking summit everyone loves josh king i don't
1: is it because of Defoe? Uh,
2: partly, also because of his conversion rate. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't see that happening twice. Okay. Uh, Defoe does not help. And also, Caleb Wilson is still kind of a thing, but
1: uh, three
2: three knee surgeries later, yeah, I wouldn't,
1: leg... I wouldn't think he's a thing, but
2: I mean, I, I, like he's literally just a thing. Right. Like, he's there. Right, but... he's a
1: guy uh, who scores more goals between Defoe and King, and what's it's the difference?
2: Minimal. <laughs> like 10 and 12
1: yeah okay
2: like nothing nothing to write no, nothing that i would say if it was reversed i'd be surprised
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay. but i don't think it's going to be something like 20 and 10 that would surprise me oh that would shock me um i don't think anyone on Bournemouth gets above 15
1: uh at the same price as josh king and i know i crapped all over everton's early schedule but would you rather josh king or wayne rooney uh, pass <laughs>
2: I don't want either. Okay. I want nothing to do with Rooney, and I want nothing. Even,
1: nothing. Like That's... he has scored in a hundred percent of his games since he came back.
2: So has Alex Lacazette, who we haven't even yeah. talked about. Yeah, no, we haven't. We Ooh. should. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. Arsenal yeah, we both. We,
1: we both took Gabriel Jesus over him.
2: Yeah, that's kind of. I I I mean, I wonder if we're gonna end up regretting that, uh, only because it's we're basically taking what we've seen in the Premier League versus what we've, you know, categorically speaking, you know, what's been better in terms of getting numbers in the leagues that he's been in in Lacazette. What do you mean? Like Lacazette has put up better numbers in the league he's been in, but Gabriel Jesus is the one that we've seen recently in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. In fact. It's the only one of the two that we've seen in the Premier League. Yes. And when you consider his Gabriel Jesus, you know, he got injured last season. Like, he didn't even finish when
1: he started. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, he came back and scored. Uh, I, I'm aware.
2: A but I know we...
1: I know. You're talking
2: I are Yeah, but I mean, I think, you know, are we prisoners of the moment or we have, have a fear of the unknown in the Premier League is really what I'm asking.
1: How many goals do you think Lacazette scores in the Premier League this year? Uh, with an average conversion rate, minimum 18. Minimum 18. Okay.
2: Wow. There's not, I mean, there's not a There's two. There's really only like, if you look at the consistent scoring options at Arsenal, it's one. Everyone else is inconsistent in their scoring ability. It's just Alexis Sanchez and him for goals. Now, I don't think he'll get much in the way of assists because that's not his territory, Mm -hmm. but, uh, it, you know, 18 goals and like three
1: assists. Does the number go up or down if Alexis leaves?
2: I had that same conversation uh, at the ranking summit.
1: So basically
2: what I was asking is if you had to have Lacazette with you know, Sanchez being the other feature piece or as Ozil being the other feature piece, which situation do you like better? And everyone said the Ozil piece because they think he's still the Ozil of two years ago. Ugh. And I said – and I said there are two things he doesn't like, and that's precipitation and physicality. He gets both in abundance in in the Premier
1: League. Wait, so so it was Lacazette and Alexis without Ozil, or Lacazette and Ozil without Alexis? Yes. Okay. Okay. Correct. That's insanity and, than anybody.
2: And then further, and then I asked the other question of, would you like it? Would you like him better with the trio of him? S- uh, Sanchez and Ozil, or the trio of Mares, Ozil, and Lacazette.
1: Mm, right. So, it's, the answer it, is it, always the one with Alexis.
2: That yes, to me, to <laughs> me, that should be the answer. However, Alexis is going to be there, according to the newspapers, mm-hmm. uh, as of yesterday and two days ago.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so you it changes day by day. But you didn't discuss the possibility of Lacazette, Ozil, Alexis, and Mares? No. Okay. No, I did not. Uh, I, I also, I don't think that's likely. No, there's a better chance of me playing for Arsenal than yeah. the four of those guys. Yeah. I, I don't think that's likely.
2: especially when you, if, if you see the rumors, if you believe the rumors that Arsenal have made a world record bid for
1: Killian Mbappe, yeah, which
2: would be a total game changer, not happening, but it's a game changer. That would be a
1: total game changer, Yeah, which is but, why it's well, not happening.
2: We will have a total dedicated podcast. If that actually happens, yeah, we're, we're right. not going to talk about that today.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um,
2: But at the forward options that aren't expensive, I know you didn't go that route. Are there any that you looked at and were
1: like, hmm, maybe? Yes. Um, Part of it is what I said earlier of this early season schedule with Southampton uh, that I briefly considered Manolo Gabbiadini, which actually made me more think of Charlie Austin, uh, who is even cheaper. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to look at Dwight Gale because he led the championship in in goals last year and it's six and a half. That's pretty decent. Um, Andre Gray kind of paid off at the same price range last year and kind of came in the same way. Um, Troy Dini at six, five actually seemed kind of cheap to me. Uh, You know, he's a guy who could score 15 goals, but um, not in that system. Well, we don't, we don't know what they're going to play right now. Defensively. Um, Maybe, maybe. Um, Yeah. The (laughs) other guy, uh, Jay Rodriguez um, was, (laughs) came to mind. Um, I like him more than Saito Berahino at the same price.
2: It's, it's so painful when people are like, "Oh, I like Dwight Gale," or "Oh, I like Jay Rodriguez." It just makes me want to put my head against the
1: hard surface. Well, this is why I this is why I took three expensive forwards because I think all these other guys are just junk.
2: I, yeah, I think. I mean, the reason why I took Tammy Abraham is I don't expect to start him, but I'm willing to I don't take know if Paul Clements either.
1: Who instead of Yorente would take his place? Jordan Ayew, who started the last ten games last year. Uh, the guy who started when they got themselves out of relegation. That guy. Yeah, he was. How the many reason- times has Tammy Abraham scored in the Premier League? Uh,
2: again, uh, first of all, Gilby how- Sigurdsson got them out of relegation. How
1: many of these Chelsea lonies that go out for years and then finally move? How many have like really performed? Even decently well in the Premier League Romelu Lukaku (laughs) Uh, He never came back Like he's not one of these guys But fine Lukaku Uh, Victor Moses He was horrific outside of Chelsea
2: That's not true He was good at West Brom West Ham West Brom When he was at West Brom Victor Moses Victor Moses Was at West Brom Really? Um, Almost positive Oh okay
1: I don't remember that. I remember the Stoke and I remember West Ham, neither of which were good. I mean, if you if at the beginning of last year, if I told you that Victor Moses started however many games he did, you'd be like, oh, yeah, we finished ninth. There's no way you would have thought that Victor Moses would have been good enough to to play for them. No way. Am I thinking of the am I thinking of Stoke? Man, I'm Probably. May, I may he definitely play for. Stoke. Stoke. He, yeah,
2: I might be thinking of. Stoke. Okay. Stoke. Oh, West Wigan. Ham. It was Wigan. It was when he was at Wigan. Oh, that yeah. Was the, that's the was color. That? That, that was the color pattern. It okay. was the blue and white stripes. Right. Yeah, Wigan. It was at Wigan.
1: I'm just saying the track record of these guys performing well after significant loans elsewhere begins and ends with Romelu Lukaku. I mean, the whole concept has begun pretty, you know, within the last like three or four years.
2: It's not like it's something they've been doing for a decade. I mean, I guess the first example would have been Guile Kakuta, who's they got in a lot of trouble for, but it hasn't been, uh, it, you know, it has, right now, it's really, they have a great youth academy and they, and they just don't use it for the first team for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Nathan Ake is another player, if you want to look at it that way, who's performed well outside of Chelsea. Ryan Bertrand is another one that's performed well outside of Chelsea.
1: How many uh, ones did Bertrand go on? I want to say one. Right. I'm just saying, one or two. I
2: forgot. It's, it's not many. It's not many.
1: He won. He won the uh, Liverpool. That's where Moses was also. Yeah, but the, he didn't do much there. Right. That's the point. <laughs> he Blair. didn't do much anywhere until last season. Fine. Okay. But anyway, that's that's why I struggle with guys like Tammy Abraham, and Shaloba and Patrick Bamford, and we get really. Oh, this guy's really good. He's been in the Dominic,
2: Chelsea. Dominic Solanke. Solanke.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then there's uh, also
2: Casey Palmer, who's going to be mm-hmm. on um, oh either Huddersfield or Brighton. I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of the promotion Brown teams. Brown went somewhere else too, right? Same team, I believe. Yeah. Um, but I just, anyway. I'd like to
1: see one other than Romelu Lukaku play well before I'm before I yeah, fall but, into uh, this guy's okay. going to be great because he was in just, the Chelsea system.
2: Yeah, I just feel that we did the same strategy at different positions. You went 4.5 for Ruben Loftus Cheek, and I went 5.5 for Tammy Abraham at a at a different position. Mm-hmm. Neither of which we're expecting tons of production out of. Right. But for me, it afforded the flexibility in midfield that I think I need. And for you, it afforded the top three that you think you need.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like I I tweeted my team out the other day and said, it's probably going to be 90% different. So we're taping this July 14th. So like if you said, we've got 29 days or whatever it is to, we have a Dominic Dominic (laughs) Solanke away from the season, so. We got some time. Uh, I
2: I'm I'm like the more I talked about it the the more likely it is that Kieran Trippier will end up on my team. Yeah, I already did it on my. <laughs>
1: Sorry, after Nathaniel all this Klein. Time, Did you did the you replace the K- Hold on. Did you I replace did. Nathaniel Klein? I did. I did. <laughs> yes. You win. You
2: I have, after a year and a half I have beaten you down. <laughs> yeah, finally. Cuz he doesn't have to be good at defense to get clean
1: sheets. He just doesn't. Okay. All right. So What are we talking of next? Best ball?
2: Yeah, let's talk about our little best ball draft we have going on right now. Uh, We are currently in the 12th round of 20. Uh, or sorry, in the 10th round of 20. Excuse me, 12th row, 10th round. Uh, 10th round of 20, so we're almost halfway through. Um, You took an interesting strategy, at least I thought, in the beginning by pretty much ignoring the forward position until round four. So I want to know what your thoughts were on that.
1: Uh, Yeah, my... Uh, uh, the by the end of the second round, the forwards were gone and I had the fifth pick and I would you could argue that there are th- three to five forwards that deserve to be in the first round. Um, uh, Three to five that I think there are only three to five that you could say are legit first round picks. I agree. It's a 10 team league. I agree. Four of them went before me. So, uh, who was okay? So who? So the
2: first four picks, just to fill everyone in, was Harry Kane one, Alexis Sanchez two, Lukaku
1: three, and Aguero four. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is that fifth forward? I think the only other one I would have considered in the first round was uh, Jesus, who went late in the second.
2: Yes, I passed on him twice. Uh, it, it, that that to, and also you also passed twice on Lacazette, who went even later in the second. The yes, last pick. yeah, I. And Leroy
1: Sane. I mean, I mean, Sane, I think, is not I, I think Sane for this it, format is not he doesn't do enough. That's
2: fine. Yeah. That's fine. I mean but when I, I mean I think that there's it's more like six to seven in the first round. I
1: that's think nuts. it's Harry Kane,
2: Sanchez, Lukaku, Aguero, Gabriel Jesus, that's five. That's five. Firmino makes six. Uh-huh. Um
1: He is a four, that's right, yeah. yeah.
2: Firmino is six. And Lacazette is seven.
1: I think if you're if you're looking at it that way, then one of Erickson, De Bruyne, Coutinho, Sigurdsson, Hazard, or Mane are not—three of those guys are not first-round picks.
2: It's not about the talent. I mean, we talk no, about this, I'm like, just this all the time. It's about the position scarcity.
3: Mm-hmm. No, I got and, it. I, and, and,
2: and, yeah, and I mean, I think that's what. Ha- I mean, are you saying that that's what happened to you? Position scarcity got to you, and then you just said, "Oh crap! I just, I'm just going to see if my midfield can carry me this season."
1: Well, again, I, the <clears throat> this is a best ball league. For those who are not familiar with, we're we're doing this draft, and there are no in season moves. And what happens is you have twenty players on our teams, and the top eleven. Who can fit into any approved formation are what you get for that week. So, um, the so I'm looking at from the forward perspective at least. I'm looking for. I mean, all you're really getting is is goals. Like the the goals are what you're gonna get on the the week that they score. You're gonna get those points. So like, how often do you think Leroy Sane will score multiple goals? Like, I don't think that happens. Obviously, we know, we sure as hell know what happens with Harry Kane. But the way I was looking at it is like, if, theoretically, I could only have one forward go in a week. So, like, I don't necessarily, if I have three high high-priced or however you want to say them, three upper-tier forwards, and two of them don't score, which is most tend not to score, then they do, you know, like, most don't score every game. Um then I'm really basically losing out on what I think are higher upside midfielders by thinking maybe this is the week that like, I I think any given week Fernando Llorente can score just like Leroy Sane. And so I was willing to wait. I took Llorente was the first forward I took. And frankly, I didn't even want him where I took him. I just happened to, it was the fourth round and it was, I, I picked fifth, so I was dead in the middle. And, like, I'm looking at basically just one goal from any of my forwards because that theoretically will get them in. Whereas if I went, you know, Leroy Sané and Lacazette and Christian Benteke, like, it's entirely plausible that none of them score at the same, you know, in, in together in a week. And so, like, I t- picked three of these guys and now all three of them, one of them has to go in my lineup because you need to start at least one forward in a best ball. But it's possible that all three don't score whereas i in taga you get plenty of point midfielders rack up points
3: mm-hmm. but
1: like forwards are very just like in, they're they're goal dependent and so i'm willing to to pass off on i mean obviously the the four guys that went in front of me i think are the four forwards that i would have taken had i or you know any one of them i would have taken at 5 but i passing on any of the others like i was fine with Jesus is so, the one maybe I, I feel a little i wish i had him He's the only one. Yeah,
2: G- Gabby Jesus took me about 0. 0.5 seconds to pick yeah. in the second round. Yeah. So, I mean, just, so let's he kind fell, of
1: run. He, he fell un Unjustifiably. Right. But like, I basically, so I took Christian Eriksen at five. De Bruyne was my other option and he went six. But basically, uh, Firmino went, um, before it came back to my turn. Josh King went, um, yeah. Those were the only there, forwards. There are
2: two names at forwards. There are two names at forward who are getting grossly overdrafted in draft format leagues. Josh King is one. Yeah. Christian Benteke is two.
1: Yep, totally agree. Uh
2: and in fact I believe for the first set of rankings for Taga, I think uh, Wallen had Christian Benteke fourth among Overall? forwards, among forwards. And I just and he's like, Jeez. "Well, he went he won like 80 more aerial duels than anybody yeah, and else." Yeah, aerial like, duels
1: are like a really big thing on Taga. But, I mean, that's why, like, Sam Vokes has value. Like, would you be shocked if Benteke had 12 goals and Sam Vokes had 12? No. Right. They're going to end up with the same number of aerial duels. I, I, I'm maybe. just... <laughs> if I, yeah, you, you have to assume
2: that Sam Vokes starts all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, for me, also, I mean, for Benteke, the, the rumors aren't strong, but would you like him better on Everton if he went there? Um,
1: maybe. Slightly. Benteke and Sigurdsson would be fun. That would be fun. That would that would put
2: Benteke in consideration for like early second, late first round pick.
1: Yeah. But Benteke for, going for that, before for that format. Yeah, Benteke and Josh King in this format going before Gabriel Jesus. I think some of that is that Sir people were looking at stats from last year and obviously Jesus didn't have that many since he came over late, but I don't know, the, the guys like Leroy Sane and Raheem Sterling, like I, I wasn't gonna take them over Paul Pogba.
2: Yeah. Whereas for me, you know, three of my first five picks were forwards. Yep. You know, I, I had Lukaku, I had Gabriel Jesus, and then as my fifth pick I took Maratha, as I mentioned earlier. Yep. Uh, that's a gamble because as of right now he's not in the Premier League, so I mm-hmm. may get zeros from him every week. Yep. And what was also surprising to me is i mean I, in my midfield i you know i'm i think my later round midfielders are actually more valuable than the ones i took early so i have david silva in the 3rd round and Mkhitaryan in the 4th round which you can argue you know they're re- actually my first my first four picks are all manchester based players yeah really <laughs> annoyed me to no end right um and you know mickitarian silva later. yeah i know Mkhitaryan and silva will be headaches all season for me if I pay attention it'll just be a total headache however this is where I want to get into it with you here in terms of the midfield value you can get in the mid rounds because I think there's a lot of it uh so in my in the sixth in the sixth round I have Davey Claussen who you know for all intents and purposes now is the the player that uh Ronald Koeman wants to be in the middle of his midfield Mm
3: mm-hmm
2: and that is that holds lots of value in Taga, especially if the, he has offensive talent, which Klaassen does.
1: Um, I think in theory it does, but like, yeah,
2: oh, yeah, of course, it's it's someone new in the Premier League. You haven't seen it.
1: No, 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 not much that. But like, that was basically Ross Barkley's spot last year, and like, he wasn't that great of an option.
2: He held value. If you if you took Ross Barkley in the sixth round, you got your value out of him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I suppose.
2: You're I'm right. not saying it's You're a steal, right. but it's it's worth it's worth it in that round, yeah. and and then when I spent the next pick of Aaron Moy, who is in Taga, is going to be vastly underrated.
1: Yeah, he should be. Good. Uh,
2: like I like I, yeah, because he led his team in tackles and in goals mm-hmm. last season. So it's that that is unprecedented value. So he can rack up a lot of different stats for you. Now I'm not saying he's gonna. Even though he led his team in goals, it's not like it's a ton of goals. So right. I don't want to overinflate his value. That's why he's a seventh rounder and not like a third rounder. But mm-hmm. like Ross Barkley, Aaron Moy, <laughs> sure. Aaron Moy has value, and mm-hmm. then who I think is even a bigger steal is in the ninth round of Will Hughes. Uh, he is uh, the promising player. Chris Mozinski will talk him up as much as you ask him about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a as a as a Derby fan, or as a Derby fan, I don't know how they pronounce themselves. Who is Fine. Uh, they have a really basic RAM logo. That's how I know it's them. Anyway, uh, Will Hughes is a galloping ghost. You can barely see him. Uh, he is translucent and is someone who needs to play night games under lights to be seen. <laughs> um, he's very pale. And anyway, um, Will Hughes. Um, he's a very talented midfielder offensively, very gifted. And when what we saw, what we saw last season. Uh, for, uh, Marco Silva, uh, as a manager of Hull is, you know, the likes of like Camille Grosicki or someone who has talent will feature as the guy, uh, in the midfield. And I believe Will Hughes has that ability to be that guy. Okay. But uh, when we look at the middle rounds here, even as we go across the other teams, you know, for you, Andros Townsend in the seventh round has value. Uh, you look across here, Andrew Herrera in the sixth round has a ton of value. Yeah, I like that Matt, pick. Matt, Matt Phillips has value. Pedro has value in the eighth round. Oh, Pedro's a forward. I apologize. Uh, you know, Matt Ritchie in the sixth round of, uh, I forgot which round is, fifth round is has value. You know, these are picks that you will consistently see in every draft. Like, oh man, if only I, you know, didn't didn't need a midfielder or something like that. If only I needed a midfielder in that round, I think you'll still be able to get that in the mid round, which is another reason for me that forwards early is the way to go. That's the long winded way of where I was getting with my point.
1: Yeah, no, I get that. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, once you fall out of that second round, the forwards are all the same. So I agree with you that that's where you have to grab them. Um, The problem is if you do that, I mean, it's the same as in, football you know if you take two running backs early now you're getting these junk wide receivers or vice versa so um yeah the i i think there's just a much clearer cut off like i think there's basically three tiers of of forwards and the second tier i believe the first tier of midfielders who i think who at least i thought i was getting two of are better than the second tier forwards and basically, like, the top-tier midfielder and third-tier forward is better than the top-tier forward and third-tier midfielder, at least in a format like this. Mm-hmm. Again, best ball, it's like, if if somebody scores a goal, if one of my forwards scores a goal, I get it. I don't have to worry about setting a lineup and be like, oh, man, I have all this on the bench. Like, I get those. And so, essentially, when I... Not that I went into it thinking I'm not taking any forwards early. That was dictated to me when the only four guys, four forwards I considered in the first round went. Um, And then the fifth left before I got my second round pick. It was who are guys that I know score goals. And so that's why I'm not going forwards like Ashley Barnes or Ayozi Perez or Dwight Gale. Dwight. Well, right. Well, even I, I mean that's even re- why I was going away from Sterling and Leroy Sane. Like I, they yeah, may but score, they, but I'm I'm much more confident that Fernando Llorente is going to score 15 than either of those guys. That, that, totally fair.
2: Not gonna not gonna argue that point. Uh, now let, let's kind of uh let's kind of wrap it up, wrap, wrap this up here because we've talked a lot about forwards, talked a lot about midfielders and draft formats. This is something that ties into the rankings, and then after this, we will get to my uh, my auctioning of a keeper spot to the to the audience that we'll post on a poll as well that everyone can vote on. Uh, at RotoWire Soccer, will be where the poll will be uh, will be posted. So, uh, let's first wrap it up with these two thoughts here, and I actually can't combine into one depending on your answer. I'm assuming I know the answer to this question. At goalkeepers, are there tiers? That's what I thought
1: at defender. Yeah, there, there's one tier <laughs> the goalkeepers.
2: That's right. That's right. <laughs> if there's one tier. There are no tiers. Right. Uh, at goalkeeper. Uh, sorry. At defenders. Same question.
1: Yes. I do believe there are tiers. The only oh. problem is we have no idea what they are. Like, I think. For, no, the no, way, no, le, no, le, let me <laughs> clarify. Let me clarify. That. Thank you. Thank you. By the end of the season, we're going to look at the goalkeeper points and we'll be like, oh, yeah, they're all pretty much the same. Um, you know, maybe they're within 25 points of each other. It comes down, maybe, and even if it's more, it's going to be like one point per week. When we get to the end with goal, with uh, defenders, I think there will be a very clear top tier. I mean, we saw that last year. Uh, Marcus Alonso was like well ahead, which was crazy because he didn't even come until s- September. But I think we will see that there is a group of roughly five to six defenders who are 50 points ahead of the, the next guy. But if you know who they are, God bless you, because we have no idea. Nobody thought Nicholas Otamendi was going to be a top five defender last year. But there he was at number five.
2: Remember when Bronislav Ivanovich was a top? Yeah, he was like number one,
1: literally number one. And I
2: said everyone was crazy. Yeah,
1: you may know that. Now he plays for Zenit. (laughs) Yeah, so so, so I, I do think there will be tiers of defenders, but I don't think we know who they are. And Which you can make me you, says, anybody can make the argument like, oh, it's definitely going to be like Alonzo and Kyle Walker. And um, you would absolutely put Trippier in there. I'm not absolutely. sure I would. But um, but we don't know. It, it, it's actually less that uh, than it is knowing the guys who will be in that tier. Like you, you can argue like I don't think anybody's going to argue with you that like Kyle Walker is not going to be a top 10 defender. But that's what not where that you that's not where you win you win of like finding Michael Keane and um Harry Maguire yeah exactly exactly and so like the problem is is that because we don't know who these top tier guys are like if, if you think there's safety in Kyle Walker who got benched last year or um Leighton Baines who got hurt and then wasn't good when he came back like even even Cedric, who lost time to Coco right. Martina, right, right. There's always any sort of rotation. I mean, I think maybe the only guy that we knew going in who probably would have stayed that way was Seamus Coleman, um, but even then he had like a pretty rough Not stretch hurt. at one point, and so Not hurt. Yeah, and so you know, it's just difficult. Again, take guys early because you're more comfortable with it but there's no way that you can like guarantee that these guys are going to be in the top. And it's most likely that other guys that you didn't even consider, including ones that are not even being drafted, will finish ahead of them. Bingo. Yes. That was a long way to say, yes, well, I and, think there's
2: a and, tier. And here's, and here's my retort. If you can't predict who will be in the top tier, can you tier the defender I, I in the preseason?
1: I think the tier is based on on comfort of expectation whereas like forwards I think there's you you think more of upside like oh this guy could score like 25 goals and so I think he could be one of the best for uh, forwards but when you look at defenders you're like I know this guy plays for a good team and he's like a consistent performer and so I think he'll just chip away all season like Walker or Alonzo and like if you if because you've seen it, you get more comfortable with it. And because they're defenders and we don't see these like explosive scores usually, all it takes is consistency. And so, yes, you can you can tier it yourself based on that, but the tier is like five guys and everyone else and odds are 10 other guys could finish ahead of those, ahead of your five. But because we've seen it, that, that they like create their own tier because of that. Like I think defender is tiered based on past performance as opposed to midfielder and forward, which is like expectation.
2: That is a great note to end that discussion on. Thank you, Andrew, for so eloquently putting it. So, uh, we will move on to the crazy part of the podcast, which is how I will let the audience pick a keeper of mine for the EFSA Expert League keeper league, which is a 20 team league. That's divided into two divisions of 10. Uh, both you and I are in the lower division because, uh, it's a ridiculous league. <laughs> I'll
1: just put it that way. We were, I think, I mean, we, what do we finish 11th and twelve. We had a 20 team league last year, top 10 yeah. stayed, bottom uh, 10 go. And I think we were 11 and 12 or 12. I mean, we we almost made it.
2: Well, I, I mean, at the end of the season, I had five people hurt.
1: So, yeah. and I wasn't considering
2: dropping them because I wanted to keep Yeah, It's a keeper. Right, you you don't you just drop your players. So,
1: <clears throat> well, actually I, I had the exact same problem and, the one that got me was actually worse than that was because I paid. So what do we have a $200 budget or no, it's, it's more know. than that, whatever it is. I paid 43 bucks for Michi Batshuayi and he wasn't ever playing, but if I dropped him, then anybody else gets him for a buck. That and would be like, me. Right. So it's basically a hedge against somebody else getting him for a dollar that I had to keep him, but I never played him. I didn't even play him at the end of the season when he scored. <laughs> so, okay.
2: So, Actually, do you have your set of four keepers pretty much defined?
1: Um, I think so. All right, let's hear let's hear your four keepers. I, I can't even pull my team up right now, so All right, let me start let, yeah, so why I'll, don't you go. Yeah,
2: I'll start with my three definites. My three definites are Kevin De Bruyne at $35, which is a great value for him. Uh the likes of like him just
1: when he came over, right? Correct. Okay.
2: That was after I believe you took
1: I want to say Pedro for 33. I overpaid for Pedro. Because De Bruyne wasn't—I mean, there was like no oh, talk two of years De Bruyne ago. yet. Two years ago, yep. I paid big for Pedro, and had no money left for De Bruyne, and you grabbed De Bruyne, and yep. and you also to say paid, I don't still have Pedro.
2: You also paid one hundred and twenty dollars for Pogba.
1: There's one hundred and twenty-five dollars for Pogba. Yeah. yeah.
2: So okay, uh, I have Kevin De Bruyne at thirty-five. I have Mikel Antonio for ten dollars, and I have Matt Phillips for fifteen. Yeah. So in in confidence order, those are my three of four keepers. Now, I have a list of one, two, three, four, five, six total players that I'm considering, uh, and I will not just give everyone a full range of all six. I'm going to narrow this down to like three or four by the end of the podcast with you. So Balassie aforementioned at $1. Ilkai Gundogan at $1. So the injury bug, you know, it hits. Uh, and also expectedly for Gundogan mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Martin Olsen at $1 Who was sneaky good at Swansea But mm-hmm. that team is going
1: down real quick
3: yeah. uh,
2: wow. I have the Everton goalkeeper We do team goalkeepers that,
1: right, so, well, so, so that's the other thing It's a 20 team league and we play team goalkeepers So like Just think about that Like, You go into the draft and like, it, you literally could end up with the worst one Because somebody has to have it It's not like there's, there's a 12 team league And you have guys on the waiver wire You have to have one of the 20 starting keepers each week.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. There's only 20 teams.
1: <laughs> yeah. So like you, there's no, there's no bet. There's no waiver wire. Like, Oh, let me just go pick someone up. They're all taken a hundred percent of the goalkeepers are taken. <laughs> so I have the Everton goalkeeper
2: at a dollar. So right. this year, so this year being, um, my God, uh, I, I know the name of him. I swear <laughs> it's Pickford? Oh, Pickford. there we go. Yeah. Uh, at $1. That's one of the that's one of the the leaders in the clubhouse and me saying that means something because mm-hmm. I hate goalkeepers um Demarai gray at one dollar
3: mm-hmm.
2: and willion at fifteen mm-hmm. the willion mm-hmm. one is sentimental uh, <laughs> I love the way he plays I love how he plays I hate the way that he's never used because yeah. Pedro is apparently a better Premier League player than he is yeah um at $15 is that worth the risk even though Eden Hazard might miss time at the beginning of the season
1: yeah I I mean the, the way that I look at it is like what if you wanted him back could you get him back for 15 I doubt it and well yeah I don't know I doubt it Do you I think, think you we'll, could get we'll Matt are, Phillips back I've for 15 no you're definitely no, not I, I, getting Pickford for I, one. That's the other thing.
2: Not one. getting Pickford for one. I'm not getting Antonio for 10. I'm certainly not getting De Bruyne for 35.
1: The, oh, yeah. No, those are – yeah, you don't even think about that.
2: Anto- Antonio and Kevin Bruyne. I don't think about. Matt Phillips, I, I just – I lo- people forget how good he was the first half of the season.
1: Mm-hmm. But that's your problem. You're only going to get him. a half so – once they hit 40, you're once done. Once they
2: hit 40 yeah. points, yeah, I yeah. I, I, I got to look to trade him. Yeah. But once they hit 30 points, I got to trade right. him. So we as have this – yeah, but
1: you can't. Months. We have this transfer window thing that –
2: Oh, my God. It's yes, like February.
1: Week. You have to hope that they blaze out the start and <laughs> hit 40 and then give up by February. Oh, God.
2: Anyway, maybe I'll trade him in November. Who knows? Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, yeah. Cal Antonio, Matt Phillips. And then I think the three choices I will give to the audience are Willie on 15, Everton goalkeeper 1, Demerai Gray 1.
1: Yeah. That's right.
2: And then I will take whatever the audience gives me. Okay. Because, Lord knows, I am terrible at making important decisions when it comes to <laughs> fantasy soccer
1: yeah I uh I would like to discuss mine yeah let's do specifically it specifically the goalkeeper so as you mentioned I paid 125 for Paul Pogba which um
2: can you get him back for that price Andrew um
1: I assume so but I don't know do you want to I don't know um so you, are you gonna throw him back the, I don't know the, the the because I so grossly overpaid for him the way I'm looking at it is not will I keep Pogba for 125. It's will I keep these four guys for 129 because with after the draft last year or in the auction, I paid 43 for Bachuya and 20 for Charlie Austin. Austin missed months and Bachuya never played. Like my team is filled with cheap guys. And so I have uh Gabriel Jesus for a dollar. That's unbelievable.
2: Uh, right right uh, I, because, because, I, you know why because everyone was like on vacation in in uh, it, was, it was in january or Christmas December or something yeah. like that yeah like it was like during Christmas or something like that or right after Christmas when everyone's on vacation right
1: so no one checked the league and you picked them up well for no it wasn't that I mean what do you mean it's a the premier League is packed at that time of the year Boxing Day, New Year's Day. I mean, there's no, plenty I know. going what on. what I
2: meant. What I meant was all the Americans in their real life just uh, forgot.
1: <laughs> I actually think it was at. I think I think he registered in January, and I think it was right after the busy period, and then there was like an international break. Like I think that's when it was.
2: Yeah, it was. Um, so anyway, whatever. Was. Obviously,
1: obviously, no one else paid attention to the right. league at that that week. So, so then I'm looking at it like, well, it's not Pogba at 125. It's Pogba and Jesus at 126, and like that's still pretty expensive. Like sixty bucks each. I probably, I probably would pay that, but that's a lot of money. Um,
2: and you, I mean, you would have to start because they're both forward, so you'd have to you you would have your flex. No no no. Taking...
1: no, 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 no. a midfielder. Oh, I'm
2: sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. I don't know what I'm. And thinking. that's the other yeah.
1: thing. We we play one forward and one like utility. So, but there are so many times where you have no for like when I had before I had Jesus, I had Batshuayi and. Theo Walcott, who oh well, maybe I didn't have Walcott. Either way, I have Walcott at a dollar also, but I'm not gonna keep Walcott a dollar. The one that just became significantly better is Kieran Trippier at a dollar. Oh so now I'm <laughs> I thinking will. Hold Pogba. On. Hold on. Would,
2: would you like to try to no. work a
1: trade? No. <laughs> so now I have Pogba, Jesus, and Trippier for one twenty seven. And it's like, all right, I would pay 43, whatever, 42, 50, 42, 33 for each of them. Of course. So the Pogba thing doesn't like isn't crazy to me anymore. But then I have I have the West Ham goalkeeper pass, which is Joe Hart now, as if that should matter. But if I send them back, like, am I going to get West Ham back for two bucks or am I going to end up with?
2: You Huddersfield get Carl Darlow
1: for a dollar. I don't see I'm not sure he can well, I don't I mean, know how many gonna... people are keeping goalkeepers is the other thing yeah I, I mean but like I'm not paying more than two bucks for Carl Darlow and I might have to like that like uh, Courtois I think went for like 20 like people fine. pay for.
2: I, I, I mean fine but you can get like maybe Jack Butland for five bucks
1: I don't want to spend five bucks there's a goalkeeper I was pissed I, I had to pay two for West Ham
2: I I think I nominated West Ham and you you bid me for two and I, just I said no. I did. And
1: it I was said no yeah. like, nope. <laughs> Well, not only you said no, like everybody said no and I was like, "Come on guys, like how good is uh, Adrian or whoever was the uh goalkeeper at the time?" Darren Randolph Well, it wasn't Randolph. He hadn't It was,
2: the... it, was it was Adrian at the start of the season. Yeah.
1: So, anyway, we have a salary cap too, which so if I keep Pogba at 125, that's obviously a significant knock to the what I can do in the draft in the auction. Um, but I have other, like I have Antonio Valencia for one. Um, I had Wabi Kazri at one, which I thought was a great pick until they got relegated. James Ward Prowse at one, um, Marcos Rojo at one, Lamella at one. Like I have all these guys, but like you can only keep four. And I am not sure Antonio Valencia or James Ward Prowse is worth possibly paying more than two bucks for a goalkeeper. That, like, that's my other thing. Like, if I give West Ham back, do I end up paying like six bucks? Yeah, for Butland or I assume Heaton gets kept but I'm just trying to think of garbage like do I want the Watford goalkeeper situation for eight yes, dollars
2: yes you do because again that manager will that manager plays defensively very well He's the one a that Jose just got relegated Griezmann, that one that guy Yeah. yes that guy okay just checking <laughs> just
1: checking anyway <laughs> So I I will probably keep Pogba. It's just insane. Yes, okay. But I have to like convince myself that it's not really Pogba at one twenty five. It's Trippier, Jesus, and Pogba at forty two each.
2: Yeah. Okay. Pogba, Jesus, Trippier. That's three. You can have four.
1: Right, and then it's either the goalkeeper or. My guess is I would keep Antonio Valencia. Although, Nacho, I have Nacho Monreal, too, without scoring him. I'm not sure how much he starts. But
2: Monreal, if he starts, it'll be as a center back.
1: Which, in this format, I don't I do even know what the scoring is this
2: year. It, it, it's more like, it's simpler, it's but anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. My, my point is, you also could conceivably keep three.
1: You're right, you're right. I don't have to keep four. But it seems silly to, like, it seems silly to not keep Valencia at one. Yep. Just to have another, like... You
2: know what you should do? You should you should put the choice to the audience.
1: No, <laughs> my fear is having to pay like one seventy for Pogba. He doesn't take. No,
2: no, 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 no. You you you, you can make the decision that you'll keep. Uh, you're going to keep Pogba, Trippier, and um, Jesus, right. and then the fourth keeper you'll throw to the audience and say, "Should I keep the West oh, Ham goalkeeper, oh, right, or right. should I keep uh, Valencia?" Valencia. Yeah. Or Nacho Monreal, if you want to get saucy. Right. Huh? Both of us? Let's do it. Sure. Sure. All right. All right, and on that ridiculous note, we've had a very long podcast. We've had a long, long list of things to talk about. Uh, but we should end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I know it's a long one, but it's a good one. Uh, and uh, as always, please continue to listen to the MLS podcast, which is ongoing uh, throughout the summer as well. So, Andrew, doing double duty now with FPL and MLS. And for all the latest news, go to rotowire.com slash soccer. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening, and we will be back uh, at some point in August with uh, probably some reviews of the drafts that we've been in and also more previews uh, for the upcoming season. So we'll talk to you then. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.